This is a podcast about failure. With me, Lola Berry, author, nutritionist, and yoga teacher. Join me as we get to know these guests and learn about how their failures have ultimately shaped their dreams. Welcome to Fearlessly Failing with Lola Berry. Hello, welcome to the first episode of 2021. We are bringing it in with Yogue's extraordinaire, Duncan Parviainen, who is the creator of Hob Yoga, which stands for Heart of Vinyasa. It's where I did my teacher training, oh my goodness, a year and a half ago now. And it's the online uh, Yogue's kind of like platform that I use. So um, you can do like yoga classes, Pilates, Intenso, it's awesome. Anyway. Here's a great way to bring in the new year because if you're anything like me, I haven't totally clicked into being healthy yet. I am still definitely eating a few Tritos and not doing my daily yoga practice, which I really need to get back on track. So I'm hoping this episode <laughs> inspires me to get back on track. I hope it inspires you if you've fallen off track, which is totally fine and normal, by the way. Um, and I just want to let you know, we've got something exciting launching this Friday. We're going to be doing a Byron check-in, which is kind of like a short 20-minute diary entry with me. But you can also DM me during the week if you want me to cover anything. So please feel free to send me any questions you'd like answered in the Friday check-in. It'll just be a little um, life update from Byron Bay with me, but I can cover whatever topic you want. So yeah, can't wait for that. Enjoy Duncan. He is unreal. He's a breath of fresh air. He's Canadian too, so he's had this amazing childhood growing up in nature and going on canoe adventures. I really hope you enjoy this chat. We recorded it in Melbourne right before I moved to Byron Bay and a week or two later, he moved to Byron Bay. So this was recorded about a month ago in, Bar- in Melbourne, even though we both now live in Byron Bay. Big love. Duncan. I'm so pumped to have you here. Uh, I'm a huge fan. You know this already, though. If people listening, anybody, if you're a Victorian and you do not know about Hov Yoga, then you're living under a rock because I think you're phenomenal. Yogi, everything, but also just ray of sunshine. So I'm pumped for this podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much, Lola. I love that introduction. I'm feeling super overwhelmed and my ego is through the roof. (laughs) I did my Intenso class of yours this morning and you were wearing your American apparel, bright fluoro, um, singlet. No, I miss American apparel too. I'm like, I love, um, for those of you who are listening, American apparel used to have these like cotton jersey, like super stretchy neon colored tank tops and they're just super vibrant, super fun to wear. Like they brighten everyone attitude when they see you wearing it um yeah and they don't make them anymore it's a shame I know okay I'm completely digressing okay (laughs) I asked you right before we press record help me with your beautiful last name because I've practiced it like five times Matt's got a version that's different (laughs) to mine so go for it that's okay it's it's got lots of vowels it's Parviainen Oh, I like. Yeah. Duncan Parviainen. 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 Yeah, so if you break it down, it's Parviainen. I like. Yeah. Okay, I want to start <laughs> at the start. So I am going to start um, uh, childhood kind of stuff. Cool. So I was rapt to learn that your parents were quite hippie. Yes. So we're talking like. 
grew up off the grid a little bit. Yeah. And Native American folklore and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. What was it like? So I imagine like as an adult looking back, you're like, that's cool. But as a kid, were you like, hang on, I want to eat all the lollies and do all the party things that all the other kids are doing that are my age? Or were you like, nah, I'm about this? Um, a bit of both, you okay. know? Yeah, yeah. We had like our own little like um, forest, our own little house in this forest. We were kind of like, I guess a bit um, in our own little world, which was really, really beautiful. Um, our house was off the grid. It was powered by solar panels and a windmill. We had our own well. Teepees? Um, Did I hear teepees? Yeah, yeah. We had Native American teepees in the front lawn, which my parents bought from a reserve. Um, My uncle's Native American. And yeah, we did like family healing ceremonies (laughs) in the teepee, which was like, you know, there were some parts of my childhood where I was like, oh yeah, this is like, this is normal. Everyone must do this. And then there were definitely moments where I was like, oh my gosh, this is not normal. My parents are crazy. Why am I up at 1 a.m. with a shaman, like in like the middle of fall, it's freezing. We're surrounding a fire and like crying together. This is so weird. <laughs> but how cool now that, like, looking at your trajectory and looking back, it kind of makes sense. It was, like, part of the fabric that made you mm-hmm. Duncan who you are today. Yeah. look In hindsight, like, looking back, I'm very grateful for everything we experienced together as a family, even though, you know, it was tough sometimes and it was a bit weird. And um, But it was also filled with love and yeah. deep compassion and kind of going against the grain, which, you know, I... I'm really grateful for my parents teaching me that you can go against the grain. You can you can do things a little bit different than the rest of society. And it might feel challenging at times, you know, like living off the grid. It was not always easy. But there can still be value in the things that are challenging. You know? Totally. I didn't – so I knew a little bit about this, about – this part of you because I did your teacher training last year, yeah. which was equal parts amazing and brutal. <laughs> and I mean that in the most wonderful way. But at the start of each class, 90-minute practice, everybody, maybe even two hours, yeah, two and a half. sometimes it was two, two and a half hours, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just kept going. And you'd look at your, the person practicing next to you and be like, he's still going, this is still happening, yeah. we're still like, and you'd be sweating, you'd get changed after the class. Anyway, yeah. amazing. But you do this Dharma talk at the start of the class and you also do it uh, in the start of your online Hov Yoga stuff. I'm going to have links to Hov Yoga uh, in the show notes. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, it's an online yoga platform, but you cover, this is what I say to people on my Instagram, it's not just yogs, not that just yogs is the right thing to say, but it's Pilates. Yep. You've got intense like interval training stuff in there. Yep. Um, but then there's like the Dharma talk, the stretching, you cover all your, have I missed anything? I feel like I might've. No, you did it all right. Yeah. So there's stretch classes, there's intensive classes, which are a combination of Pilates and conditioning and interval training. Then there's vinyasa classes and then there's philosophy talks and (sighs) meditation and breathing exercises. Cause yoga is so multifaceted and as I've grown over the years, I've just gotten to appreciate all these different facets of movement, of yoga, of philosophy, of breathing, of meditation. Um, And so I really wanted to create an online platform that touched on all these different facets of yoga, which, um, you know, have helped me so much in my own life. Well, you've nailed it, my friend. It's something that I look forward to. And I think I've already messaged you this on Instagram. I look forward to it each night. I'm like, I get my laptop ready. I get like, (laughs) just to press enter in the morning. So I'm a huge fan, but what I love about both Hov, but also when I did your teacher training, you Mm. do this Dharma talk at the start Mm. of class and it kind of set the theme of the class and you did speak, especially in the teacher training, of when you used to go canoeing Mm. and live um, 
yes, so close to nature. Yeah. And I guess my... I had, I had a full question around the canoeing, so I've got a few questions okay. around it because I've got to go for it. Let's ask. Let's it. dig deep. <laughs> did you do a ten day solo adventure? I did. I did a ten day solo canoe trip all by myself. So my um, partner at the time, actually my ex husband, yes. um, drove me up north. There's a YouTube video of this too. I watched it. Yes, 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 yes. There's a video of us. Yeah, I did a little GoPro video. Yeah, yeah when GoPros were all the rage. Yeah. Um, so he dropped me off. I yeah. uh, drove me six hours north to uh, a small town called Tamagami, okay. which is surrounded by a bunch of lake systems. Dropped me off. And I started a 10-day solo canoe trip. It was just me, myself, you know, um, up in that region. There's no cell phone service or whatnot. And um, so, yeah, I had no contact with any other human for 10 days. And, you know, you would have loaded this onto YouTube. I think this was 2012, so a little yeah. while ago. Yeah. And it said, oh, said that was me making the bad sound, by the way, <laughs> the host of the podcast. Um, so it said alone for 10 days but not alone at all or something along yeah. those lines. Yes. Yeah. Which feels very Alone, yogic. but far from lonely. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did it so much nicer than I did. <laughs> but it, it, I feel like that's a yogi philosophy in itself. Yeah, yoga is, well, I mean, if you go back through yoga history and go back through the traditions, um, it was a practice of kind of renouncing the world and going um, into the jungle or yeah. into caves and being comfortable with being by yourself um, and renouncing the world. It, that mm. was kind of one expression of yoga back in the day and it definitely more classical traditional way of doing it um and so yeah it's it's the practice of yoga is being comfortable with who you are and being comfortable with the presence that you 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 um hold totally yeah. and it, it, do you, again i'm going back to teacher training but last night i went over my manual so it yeah. all came back to me but is that where the idea of self-study kind of started from you'd go away you'd learn about yourself i'm talking way back in the I don't know my yogi history yeah, as well yeah, as okay. I should have for my written exam. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> but is, was that the idea of it? And what's the word for? There's a beautiful word for self study. Yeah, svadhyaya. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah self study is understanding who you are, and that's the whole. The whole crux of yoga is it's two parts for me. Yoga is all about a achieving a deep level of peace or calm mm -hmm. by able by being able to control your mind basically so having mastery over your mind in a way where you're able to achieve mental peace and calmness and then the second component of yoga this is more of a traditional um, definition is to um, know who you are yeah. so it's the two things it's a achieving peace and enlightenment by having mastery over your mind yeah and then secondly knowing the truth of life, knowing the truth of who you are, knowing the truth of what is. Oh, I'll take all of that, please. <laughs> is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, it leads to itself to a good conversation because I think a lot of us, we do yoga because it feels good. Yeah. You know? Oh, yes. And so it helps us like sense into like that is our true nature is this feeling, this deep-rooted feeling of feeling good. Mm. But there's also more to us than just feeling good. So I always push people, you know, yes, yoga is so good for feeling good. And it's important for us to feel good because yeah. life can be really crazy. And it's really important to know yeah. how to feel good. 
But yoga is also about knowing the truth of what is. And if we if we always think yoga is just about feeling good, we only go so far yeah. with yoga because we go until we feel good and then we stop. Totally. But if we approach yoga and wanting to know the truth of life, the truth of who we are, the truth of why we're here, the truth of where we're going and why we're going there, then that will push us to a different level in our yoga practice. I've heard you say you can see a student's skin change and eyes change when you're holding them in a pose and they're, they're in that bit that's like just a pinch longer than is what feels good. Yes. And it's that moment where you kind of have to go, oh, my thoughts are taking over. Yeah. Oh, what's coming up for me now? <laughs> oh, this is really uncomfortable and now I just need to sit in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's very confronting. Totally. And and I, that's what I actually love about yep. yogs. I yep. just I love that it forces me to face myself totally. every day. Yeah. So, okay, is it true? Is it true that your first teacher training was when you were 17 years old? Yes. That's mental. <laughs> no, it was crazy. <laughs> it was so funny because I wanted to sign up for the teacher training. So for those of you who are listening, I grew up in a small country town, yep. you know, like people did not know what yoga was. And I really didn't even know what yoga was. The first introduction to yoga was when my mom did that family healing yes. ceremony in the Native American teepees. And we had this woman named Karina yeah. who came in and was like a shaman. And she showed me some yoga that they had. she had learned in like the jungles of Brazil. Amazing. So my experience and understanding of yoga, like I really didn't know what it was. Um, and one of my high school friends was like, oh, Duncan, like I've just finished my yoga teacher training. It's at this new studio that just opened at the back of the library in Uxbridge. Like this, I went there. It's like this little, like, it's literally like we could say the where the library used to store all their old books, Got it. you know? So it's like tiny, a bit like yeah. <laughs> tiny. Yeah. It's in the parking lot, like a little bit <laughs> sus. And I was like, you know what? This yoga thing, like my friends raving about it. I went to her class and I was like, I have to do my yoga teacher training. Um, so I went to go sign up and the studio owner was like, oh, I need to meet you first. Because could you imagine like being a yoga studio owner and this 17-year-old yeah. is like, I want to do, well, I was 16 at the time when yeah. I applied. I want to do this yoga teacher training. Um, so we, I went and met her. Her name's Shasta, a beautiful yoga teacher. And yeah, she kind of interviewed me. And then she's like, at the end of the interview, she's like, yeah, I'd totally love to have you on the teacher training. And I was like, oh, great. I'm so excited. So, How yeah. cool. So is it true? And, and I reckon you're going to correct me and say that it's more than this, but I read an interview that you did probably a couple of years ago now and you'd done nine teacher trainings by then as a student. Mm. How many have you done where you've been a student? I've done... I can't, Lola. <laughs> so many. I'm just super fabulous and a super overachiever. But yeah, I've done quite a few. I think I've done like four 200 hours wow. and four 300 hour trainings. Um, and then several like, you know, modules and stuff, just isolated modules on top of that. So I it's, just love being a student. I was going to say, is yeah. is that a love of also to be a good teacher, to continuously be a student as well and keep learning and growing and expanding? Because I know I'd done my 200 hours and a few other kind of like add-on ones before yeah. I'd done the 300. That was 300 hours with you last yes, year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I like I felt like my mind was exploding and yeah. my muscles, by the way. I was like, yeah, yeah. oh, my God, I'm in pain all the time. Yeah. Good pain, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um. Yeah, is it because you like being a student or is it more like, hey, for me to be the best teacher, I need to be able to be open and learning as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, a combo? A bit of both, yeah, yeah. It's a great question. I think for me whenever I do a teacher training, it's like I just need some time to focus on myself and my spiritual journey because as teachers we tend to give a lot. 
And so for me, my yoga teacher trainings, whenever I did one, was a time for me to really focus exclusively on myself and where I was at in my life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I kind of viewed like each yoga teacher training as a rites of passage almost, oh, you know, yes. like a moment to reset and really kind of acknowledge where I'm at in my life and where I want to go and really check into that internal, mm. e- eternal, both the eternal and the internal voice. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally yeah, agree with yeah. you. And it, and even if you go in without that kind of intention, I think that happens whether you like it or not. Right? Totally, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, my goodness, so many questions. I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, Lola, you're missing all this stuff. So when you did finish your teacher training the first one when you yeah. were 17 years old, were you teaching at your high school, like teachers yes. after school, yeah. students at lunch and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So I finished my first teacher training and I was like, I want to teach yoga. And so I just started teaching yoga at my high school in the wrestling room. It was Amazing. filled with wrestling mats. Um, I used to be part of the wrestling club, which is another story. And boy, Amazing. that was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, could you imagine a pubescent queer kid in high school wrestling all these boys? <laughs> it was both extremely confronting, but at the same time, slightly erotic. Awesome. Any- anyways, that's a bit of a tangent, Lola. <laughs> so I started teaching in the wrestling room because I knew the wrestling coach and he let me use the wrestling room. And I taught my fellow peers at school free yoga. And I also taught, <laughs> I can't believe I did it, but I taught the high school teachers yeah. too. Like I, I, it was all free classes and I was actually like in hindsight, I'm actually surprised some of the high school teachers came but my English teacher my art teacher I think a few one of my science teachers they they would come to my class and it was just like 30 minutes after school for free oh I love it I love it do you know my first experience of you I was a student at (laughs) Yoke yeah and I remember I did a class uh I didn't know anything of you I don't think we knew much of each other yeah and I think I was in Down Dog and you made a, like a really funny sexy times joke. Yeah. And I remember I was like, who is this person? <laughs> and what I love about you as a teacher and I think that it's such a great thing to take both on and off the map but like you've got this strong discipline, like there's mm-hmm. a fierceness about the way you teach. Mm-hmm. That I love but yeah. it comes with this real playful energy. Yeah. And so you can be in this like really uncomfortable pose or hold and next minute, Duncan's mate, you're you're making some <laughs> crass joke and it is even today in Intenso you're like, uh, I don't know what the joke was you made, but you were like, please don't unsubscribe. But if you have to, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that you bring this balance. And I think as well when you're in discomfort, physical yeah. discomfort, or you're in a long hold, yeah. the moment that you have a little laugh or a cheeky grin, yeah. it changes everything. Totally, yeah. And I know I'm just telling you how great you are, but I wanted to. <laughs> I know. I, I have one more canoe question. Yeah. I told you i go around. Yeah. I have a uh, a bucket list obsession with going to British Columbia and kayaking with orca whales. Oh, amazing. That sounds awesome. Have you ever seen a whale? I was like, I've got to ask if you. I've seen whales, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, because my mom lives on Vancouver Island. Okay. So, you know, that's just off the coast of Vancouver. And you take the ferry to get to the island and back, and there's often whales that will, like, jump along the ferry or, like, be off in the distance. You can totally see them. Thank you. I was like, I'm (laughs) I'm like, I was like, Matt, I'm going to ask him about whales. I know I have a weird obsession with them, but I had to ask. That's, like, my full bucket list. I want to go and kayak in the wild. Yeah. Again, I digress. Okay, so you mentioned a little pinch earlier that you're an overachiever. Yeah. We're both Virgos, so I can totally relate to you there. Yeah. Okay, so um, I was perplexed but excited to learn that 
You studied biomed? Yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> and you got a scholarship to do that? Is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, after high school, took a gap year. Mm-hmm. I traveled. I went to Africa. I lived in Ghana for three months and worked in an orphanage. And oh, then wow. At that time, that was when I was applying to be in university. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was applying and I applied for scholarships because money is tight. Um, and yeah, I got the president's scholarship. So it's a full scholarship and mentorship from one of the faculty of the university. And I, by chance, got Alistair Summerlee, who is the president of University of Guelph, and he was my mentor. And yeah, I went to school for biomed and it was amazing. You know what I loved the most about it? What? The competition. Oh, yeah. I just was obsessed, you know, like... Um, it was so fun to just compete to get the highest grades, and you know, I'm 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 a, I'm not like the smartest person, but I like to push myself. And so, yeah, it was. I after a year and a half of biomed, I realized I was there more to satisfy people's expectations that I was capable of something mm. rather than being there because I actually Passion. saw myself being a doctor. You know. If you, when you started that course, if you did become a doctor, did you know what type you wanted to become? I was considering being a naturopathic doctor. Of yeah, course. Yeah, so. Oh, that makes, yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but the, my parents' influence. Um, but yeah, I just had a day when I was doing like my biochem homework and I was sitting at my desk and I was like, you know, someone asked like, if you had to do one thing that was like really crazy right now, there were a few friends around. If you had to do one thing that was really crazy right now, like it was absolutely crazy, but it was something you wanted to do, what would it be? And um, I remember answering, I'd totally drop out of biomed and I'd go to dance school. Yeah. And after I said that, I was like, shit, life's too short. Let's go for it. And um, I did. I I dropped out of biomed. I said goodbye to the full scholarship. It was really tough because, you know, there's something very prestigious about saying I'm in a biomed program. I'm planning on becoming a doctor. Mm. Like I've got this full scholarship. Like the president of the university is my mentor. Like that, that, to me, I took a lot of, I built my identity around that. So to suddenly be like, oh, I'm going to be a uni dropout and go and audition for this dance program downtown Toronto that I might not even get um, was really like nerve wracking, but it was a big moment for me in my life where I was like, I can do whatever I want. You know, I just need to be clear on what it is that I want to do with my life. And back yourself. Yeah. It's so cool to learn about the biomed side of you because as being your, having been your student both in the teacher training and now on Hove, yeah. uh, it makes sense. Yeah. You've got this love of anatomy as well and this yeah. understanding of the human body and you've got a hunger to, I feel like you'd be someone that's constantly learning or reading or yeah. investigating something or understanding something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now it makes sense that you've gone down that quite like studious path. Yes. So dance, tell me about dance. Oh my gosh, yeah. Lola. <laughs> so when I was in Guelph at Biomed, um, I was also dancing like like part time. Um, I'd go to ballet classes, and you have. To, I started dance late. I started dancing when I was sixteen mm-hmm. for the most part. Like that's when I seriously threw mm-hmm. myself into it. Um, so, you know, I was never the most technical, technically savvy um, with regards to my technique, um, never the most proficient because I started so late that I was always pretty overwhelmed in each dance class compared to all my other fellow dancers. Yeah. Um, so when I uh, 
auditioned for the dance program at Ryerson, you know, I knew I wasn't going to be the best, you know? Yeah, like, I don't want to yeah. be self-defeatist, but just from, like, a technical standpoint. And hours. Proficiency you standpoint. Hours. I haven't got the hours, yeah. you know? I just knew I wasn't going to be the best, but I was like, you know what? I'm just going to show up and do my absolute best. And Lola, it was a bit of a shit show. You know? <laughs> like, I was there. I was present. I did my best. But there were some times where I was like, fuck, I'm way in over my head. <laughs> I but, love that feeling, though. Yeah. It's a nice feeling. Yeah. And so when I had been dancing part-time in Guelph, I had also started taking these modern dance classes, yeah. these contemporary dance classes with a very famous Canadian choreographer, David Earle. And I kind mm. of knew that he was well-known, but didn't know how well-known mm. and acknowledged he was in the dance community. And so when you dance for the um, audition at mm. Ryerson University, you need to provide a letter of reference. And mine was David Earle's. And I didn't know like that people really knew him. And so he wrote me a letter of reference, which was really beautiful. And at the end of my audition, I sat down and Nadia Potts, who's the director of yeah. the program, used to be a former prima ballerina of the yeah. National Ballet of Canada, like principal dancer for many, many years. Um, very intense woman. Mm. You know, I sat down. They interviewed me. She said, this letter of recommendation was absolutely beautiful. Um, what you've done in the audition is more than enough. We're going to accept you into the program. I got goosebumps. Yes. And I, that moment I was like, like in my head, I was like, really? You want me? Um, and I, I was just like, I was over the moon because I had, you remember I dropped out of the biomed. I didn't really know what was going to happen. And in that moment I was like, leaving all that behind was the right choice. You took a leap of faith. Yeah, yeah. I heard in an interview you would take class really seriously and you'd be trying to work so hard on it. Yeah. And that same person, was it Nina, you were just talking about, she'd yeah. click in your face and yeah, be yeah. like, where are you? Where yeah. are you? Because you're kind of in your head. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. So often Nadia Potts, she is a very confrontational yeah. dance teacher. Like she'd yeah. just get in your face about things, which is we all loved her because she was just so genuine and also she wanted, you could tell she wanted us to do the best. Yeah. But she's also intense. She was an intense Intimidating, person. Intimidating, yeah. Um, yeah, and she would snap her fingers in our face and be like, where are you? What's the story you're telling? I want you to be in your body. I want you to see, I want to see your whole body expressing the story mm. that you want to express. I don't want you to be robots. I want you to be human beings. I want you to be in your body. So she, she instilled a lot of kind of, um, I would say, movement philosophy and totally. perspective um, into, into my life. And I, for sure, that would have affected the way you teach, right? Totally. As a yoga yeah, teacher. Yeah, Because yeah. we can, you can often go and do a yoga class and yeah. be so stuck in a thought or a story or something's happened before. You're not, yeah. a, and you're moving your body, but mm -hmm. sometimes you can do classes and not connect to it. Totally. It can happen. And so, yeah. like, being in your body as a mantra is such a powerful, simple yeah. thing to have. Totally. Okay, again, you're an overachiever, so I've got to ask about Iron Man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I have heard a bit of Iron Man story. Like, I yeah. think you push yourself right to the limits. I did, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So so the first Iron Man I did was the North American Championships in, Mont Mont uh, in Quebec, which okay. is, you know, the yeah. French province yeah. of Canada. Um, so beautiful course. Uh, it was in Mont Tremblant, so it's like a, a ski ski yes. region. Yeah. So very hilly, um, yeah. <laughs> which was a bit brutal for the bike ride. But yeah, I I I went from I needed something intense after I dropped out of dance school. Yeah. So you know I let that go, and that was a huge again identity crisis. Because and it was that same feeling. Was it like? 
this is not where the passion yeah. purpose thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it was almost too much passion that I was too emotional. My highs were too high. My lows were too low it. and it was too extreme. And I, I felt really overwhelmed at the dance school and I just needed, I needed to get out. Yeah. I wasn't in a good place yeah. mentally. So um, I, I went to work into retail, Lululemon, folding pants. And I was like, I need something that's different and that's going to challenge me and that's going to be intense. So I heard about this Ironman triathlon. <laughs> For those of you who are listening, if you don't know what it is, it's like a 3.8 kilometer swim, 180 kilometer bike ride, followed by a full marathon. As you do. And I had never sw- <laughs> swam more than 10 laps in the pool continuously because you need to swim 10 laps to get your bronze cross. And that's what I had as a And swim. the swim is aggressive. I've yeah. done a mini, a tiny mini triathlon. Yep. Like, and people like hit you under yeah, the water. Is, totally. is it aggressive? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have a story around that. But that's it. So yeah, I, si- I signed up for this Ironman and I had never swam more than 10 laps, never ran more than 10 kilometers, never biked more than 10 kilometers. So I was like, I'm just going to throw myself into something that I don't know really what I'm doing. And so I got a coach, trained the whole year, did the Ironman. I invited my parents to come to the Ironman race, my only, my grandparents. It was really special because my parents had just separated. So it's kind of the first time the family coming together. Did the race and got through the swim, got through the bike ride, got to the run, and then I started feeling really weird. And I was like, oh, this is probably what it means to be an Ironman. You know, yeah. like you go through these really weird feelings in your body. And I basically started puking my guts out, mm-hmm. couldn't really figure out what's going on. My vitals got really low. And then I was like walking and puking and this paramedic saw me by the medic tent. Mm. And I heard other Ironman athletes say, don't let the medics get you. Whatever you do, keep going. Because once they get you, they'll probably not let you go. So this medic's like, why don't you come sit down? They're like walking beside me. I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. No, I'm okay. And I keep walking. And then they grabbed my forearm and they were like, oh, would you just come down? Just sit down for a few five minutes. That's how you get they get you. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, I'll sit down. They sat me down. They took my vitals. They said that my vitals were really bad. They're going to have to take me off the course. They cut off my time chip. They put me into this like, you know, like those white vans that you always see, like they look like they abduct, abduct yeah. ch- children, like that this big white child abduction van. And they're like, okay, you, we need to take you to the, like the makeshift hospital. Yeah. So they guided me into this white van and it's filled with like triathletes who are all passed out on all the like benches. And so I just go and lay on like one empty bench. We drive to the hotel, which has like a makeshift hospital yeah. in the basement, which is like, I was like, I feel like I'm in a world war or something. There's like yeah. some of these athletes had had bike accidents. Some of them were just like unconscious because oh. of like depletion. And I stayed there for a bit. And I just remember feeling so disappointed in myself, like so much shame and failing this thing that I had worked a whole year towards. And my family were still waiting for me at the finish line. Like they didn't know what had happened and there's no way I could reach them. I didn't have a phone or anything. So I remember leaving that little makeshift hospital. I was fine and walked back to the hotel room and just feeling so completely like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. Mm. <laughs> you know, failed at biomed, failed yeah. at <laughs> University of Dance. And then now, now I failed at this stupid Ironman that I signed myself up. I felt so much failure. And I was like, I also felt failure for like, I had brought my family to this and I couldn't even finish it for them, you know? They would have been just so wrapped that you even started, though. Yeah. Your yeah. family sound pretty awesome. They were so sweet. Yeah. So did you then go and do another Ironman after that? Yeah. So <laughs> the thing was, after that, I felt like such a failure. And, it, you know, you know when you go through those challenging moments in your yeah. life where you just feel really vulnerable and, you know, a bit overwhelmed. 
And the next day I remember my mom's like, let's just get out. Like, let's just go do stuff. And I'm, it was horrible because everyone was walking around with their Iron Man, like Aww. medals around their necks. And I'm like, oh, fuck, this is so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we did like this fun little slide thing like down a mountain. And then I was like, oh, my God, this doesn't have to be the end of the road for me. Mm. I can sign up for another Iron Man. Like, it doesn't have to be over. Like, somehow in my brain, I had thought it was over. But I'm like, it doesn't have to be over. So I went back to the hotel room, looked up when the next Iron Man was, which was in Mexico in two months. And I'm like, okay, done. I'm going to Mexico in two months, and I'm going to do another Iron Man. Amazing. Yeah, did you I do did. it? You I did. did. And yeah, you yeah. finished it, right? I finished it. I almost died. Yeah, it was really, really tough. I got sick again. Um there's an interesting story around that too, but I won't go into it. But um, yeah, I, it was really tough, but I did finish it. And so did you feel, you know how you said the first one that was really hard and you technically didn't finish it? Yeah. And then when you went to Mexico and did the second one, did you feel this sense of accomplishment having failed the first one and done the second one? Or Because like to me that whole story that you just told didn't sound like a failure at all. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas then you did go and do it and you, like you said, you were like, no, nope, I can just do the next one in two months' time. Yeah. Did you get some sense of, oh, my God, I've achieved it after doing the Mexican one? Yes. You did. That, like psych- Psychologically it was like, I know I can do this. Yeah. Like, I know. I think, you know, success is all, all psychological, right? Totally. We deem what is successful and what is a failure and it's yeah. all about perspective. But after finishing that Ironman, it was just a nice thing to be like, I know that I have the stamina and the endurance to be able to do a course like this. Totally. Yeah. I can't believe you did it. Yeah. I, after I, I've done a, I think I've done one or two half marathons and I was like, and I'm done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have read a few things about you and I've, so forgive me for, I don't know where half these quotes have come from because okay. you've done a lot of online interviews, my friend. Oh, okay, cool. Power Living, Boys of Yoga, yeah. there's a lot of stuff out there. So yeah. um, I love, you've said something about self-confidence. Mm. It's about coming back to yourself to be yourself and all of yourself. I remember where I found this from, mm. day one teacher training. Oh, it was wow. in my own notebook oh my God, from day so one. Cute. So you were obviously giving us our pep talk. Yeah. yeah. And so I like this comp- this concept of self-confidence that it's about coming back to who you are. Yeah. It's being just yourself, truthfully yourself, which is exactly how you live. Yeah. But then all of yourself. Mm. And I think, you know how you talked about uh, teacher training being a rite of passage. Yeah. I think that. And I, I also access it through, I do a lot of therapy, so yeah. I get to access all of myself through facing myself and being uncomfortable with yeah. that basically. But do you think like is is the magic in being self-confident, and this is going to sound like a really psychological question, yeah. but is it about understanding not just the truth of who you are mm. but all of who you are? Like you were mm-hmm. just touching on like you're an overachiever, mm-hmm. But that's kind of cool, I think, too. You know what I mean? Like, and and like, yeah, you can feel anxious when you're excited about something, but yeah. that's also what makes you you. Yeah. So, do you think like self confidence doesn't come down to just truth, but also being and accepting and loving all of who you are? Yeah, totally. Because you are that, my friend. Oh, thank you. I'm like, Lola, this is like a pep talk interview. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. That's very kind of you. But I think a lot of people, and this is where I think yogs is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can get that feeling every now and then of like this is my purpose or this is my truth. Yeah. But when you really get to this stage of hang on, this is who I am, this yeah. is the dark part of who I am as well, mm-hmm. not the dark, like the mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, shadow, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
I actually love all of it. Yeah. And I think yogs is a way to access that. Yes. Do you think? Totally. Well, that's, that's whenever we talk about like the truth of who we are, I kind of break it down into spiritually, psychologically, and physically. Like that. Oh. For, so for the new 40 hour immersion, which is coming out in January, yes. it's an online course for all of you listening. You can do it. So good. Um, but we talk about who we are and the truth of who we are. And I break it down into like, who are we? What's the truth of us spiritually? What's the truth of us psychologically? And what's yeah. the truth of us physiologically in the context of yoga? And um, yeah, uh, cool. the, to me, the truth is acknowledging all that you are and yeah. like the, 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 the light stuff and the dark stuff, everything in between. Do you, where do you think people get most, I know for me, I would get most stuck in psychology until I had mm-hmm. a therapist. Mm-hmm. I would have, I reckon that would have been like the spiritual stuff I can access by getting onto the yoga mat. Mm-hmm. I think what you're saying as well in the immersion, which I'll put the links in the show notes mm-hmm. so that people can get involved. But um, what I'm trying to say is like do you think because you teach people, right, and you yeah. are, invite people to get yeah. outside their comfort zone every yeah. single time yeah. they get on the mat with you because you yeah. don't do things in halves yeah. and I love that. Yeah. But where do people, you, everyone's got an Achilles heel. Is yeah. it the psych, I would say, I'm guessing it's the psychological stuff. We totally. get in our own way. Yeah, it's, it's to, for, I, you can't speak for everyone, but totally. I would say generally for most people, it's always psychological. And the tendency is like, our hu- in the context of yoga, us as humans, we have this tendency to get really caught up in our self-centered narrative. It's okay. not good or it's bad. It's just our, our tendency. It's our tendency to get stuck in our ahamkara, yeah. our ego. And we get really caught up in our own personal story. And um, yoga is about waking us up and being like, whoa, there's more to your life than this story. And how is this def- story um, impacting how you see yourself in the world? Mm. So, yeah, it's, it's yoga is about stepping outside of the self-centered narrative and I do, again, I want to emphasize the self-centered narrative isn't good or bad. It just is what is, it is, yeah. you know? And yoga is about being aware of it and then having the ability to step outside of it, which is easier said than done sometimes because the mind is so strong and very strongly conditioned. So that's why a lot of the ancient yoga practices involve a lot of serious mental training because yeah. the mind is incredibly powerful mm. in good ways and in bad yeah. ways, you know, like in both. Totally. So um, the practice of yoga is conditioning the mind so that mm. we're not enslaved by it, but we know we know how it works and we understand how it works. How cool is that, though? I think people that haven't done yogs that might yeah. be listening to this might be like, oh, yeah. I thought it was touching my feet. Yeah, or totally. <laughs> doing a handstand or doing a, ba- a pretzel pose. It's yeah. actually, that to me is the tip of the iceberg. Totally. And then you've got all this other amazing stuff underneath that yeah. you get to experience if you open, you know? Yeah. It's multifaceted. And I think that's why yoga is so popular because it has all these elements to it that are uh, attract people um, wherever they are. Totally. Like some people, like some days I'm like, I just want to wear cute little booty shorts and groove to music and really focus on like my physical aesthetic. Like yeah. to me, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, like I like being a bit superficial, you know, like I have that tendency to be like, oh, these are cute shorts. These are cute <laughs> shoes. Like I'm totally here in yoga to like make my butt a little perky and my abs a little bit more toned. Like I totally have that inclination sometimes. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yoga, I think the most important thing we can do as yoga practitioners and teachers is keep reminding ourselves that it's a multifaceted practice and always acknowledge where it's come from and be respectful of where it's come from, but also acknowledge that 
there's many different styles of yoga, many different ways of practicing it. And the most important thing we can do is meet people where they're at. Yeah. You know, and some people are at the place of, I want to practice yoga in like cute little shorts and have an hour of being cute. And I love that, you know? And some people are like, I want to talk about philosophy for an hour. And other people are like, I want to sit down and meditate for an hour. And some people are like, I want to do a kundalini cleansing, a chakra. Some people are like, I want to talk about the knee capsule and, you know, ligaments and tendons and, you know, mobility conditioning. It's, that's what's so beautiful about yoga is it's, it's, it truly is multifaceted. And it, was it the philosophy that got you in at the beginning? Yeah, Yeah. totally. Like I'm a philosophy diehard and that's what got me into yoga is not, I like the physical component because I was like, oh, this is fun. This is like dance, gymnastics. Like, this is cool. <laughs> um, but it was the philosophy that originally drew me in. Yeah, Me too. Yeah. I love the philosophy. And I love. that's why I think I fell for your Dharma talks because yeah. you kind of will set us up and you'll be like, okay, we are going to move our body and work really yeah. hard and work on alignment and yeah. loops of the body. Yeah, 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 totally. But you would share something about yourself and then yeah. you'd bring it into some kind of philosophy that you'd studied. And, yeah. it, and then right at the end as we were getting into like half pigeon or something, you'd come back in with the theme and it would yeah. feel like I was part of a story. Yeah. You know, it felt very nice. And yeah. philosophy is what gets me in the door every day of the Week. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's great to feel good, but it's also really cool where you look at something through a different lens. Yeah. And and that's where I love philosophy because it'll yeah. be like, let's look at truth. Yeah. Let's look at um contentment. Let's yeah. let's look at setting intentions. And I'm like, oh, I haven't thought of doing it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to ask you, Megan Markle, yes. you guys have got the cutest little photos. So Dutch of Sussex. Yeah, the Duchess of Su- Sussex, yeah. I said Dutch, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Gender awesome. is fluid. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's a social construct. <laughs> so there's the cutest photos of you guys. Yeah. Tell me about you because didn't she do a shoot, get you involved as well, but yeah. you were her teacher before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was teaching um, at a studio in Toronto called yeah. Moto Yoga mm-hmm. and Megan lived around there and she started coming to my classes and – you know, people who you just kind of like make like, you know, you just got, you vibe with them right away. Yeah. So I felt that kind of connection with Megs right away. And um, yeah, she came to my classes. The classes were tough. They were level three vinyasa classes. So advanced level classes in a 40 degree Celsius room. So it's a hot yoga, Solid. hot vinyasa. And then we blast music. And she's like, we've been on set for 18 hours. I've had two hours of sleep and I'm here. And it's a level three hot vinyasa, 8 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And that class was so fun to teach because it was like all these super type A people. It was like, you know, those classes that have such a vibe to them. It was such a fun class to teach, you know, it it was really good. So yeah, that's, I met Megan through there and she'd come to quite a few of my classes. And then she mentioned that she was doing like a few yoga photo shoots for some magazines and she wanted me to come in and just help her with her alignment and form. And so I did. And yeah, we just kind of got to know each other that way. She, I found a quote she said about you. It's really cute. Okay. Do you want to hear yeah, it? Yeah, let's go for it. He's so positive, and especially in the industry I work in, it's so important to surround yourself with positive people. Basically, yeah. you're a good egg. <laughs> yeah, she's... How cool. Yeah. Okay, we, I can't believe this is going so fast, and I don't, um, don't want to um, miss anything. I have to mention this. I saw an interview you did, and I was... Someone in the interview, they're like, Duncan, what's your favourite quote? And you were like, 
teeth in the wind and I was like, what's teeth in the wind? And so I did it and I was like, oh, my God, he means smiling like a big smile. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. Yeah, like, so that's. You smile heaps. Yeah, it's it's from the canoe tripping camp that I grew up from. Yeah. Um, and their, their phrase was always teeth to the wind. So whether you're smiling or grimacing, you always face the wind and you bare your teeth. I love it. Yeah, so it was it was kind of our rally call because a lot of the canoe trips that we did as youth were really physically demanding and intense, and uh, the phrase was always "teeth to the wind." Yeah. I love it. it actually, um, Joe proposed to me, um, and he en- he engraved it on my ring, so it's on the inside of my ring. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Joe yet, but Joe <laughs> is the reason that you came to Australia. Yes, yeah. you were seeing your sisters, but. Yeah. Also had a date, Lennox Head, pizza yeah. date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was visiting my sisters for Christmas. Um, yeah, met Joe and uh, Lennox Head, went for pizza and fell madly in love with him and then decided to move to Australia. And I can testify, I've had pizza with Joe also because <laughs> of our pizza okay, night. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so good. Yeah. And um, I brought my boyfriend, Matt, along and he was like, how cool are they? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Joe's, Joe's the coolest. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's very awesome human <laughs> yeah. being. Okay, so I go through these phases where, and this is where we're winding up now, so I'm so mindful of time, but where I'm like, hmm, I'm going to pick like a yogic philosophy or Sanskrit word where I'm like, that's my jam for this week. So, yeah. and I've written down a few of my faves like satya, yeah. truth, tell me if I'm saying any of this wrong, by the way, but even like prana, life yeah. force and yeah. vitality, yeah. Um, shraddha, faith. Yeah. Is Karuna compassion? Am I yes, saying that yeah, right? Yeah, Karuna, yeah, Karuna. Do you have a favorite where you're like, mm, this is my go-to? Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, totally. Lagima, which is lightheartedness. So they say uh, when you start practicing yoga with enough dedication and passion, eventually you'll accrue supernatural powers. And one of them is known as Lagima. It's this ability to you you become so light you can actually levitate. Um, and I also translate it as like this ability to be lighthearted. Oh, I, lo- yeah. oh, I yeah. love it. I love it. And I love as well, I always come back to just like the simple act of setting a sankalpa, like at the mm-hmm. beginning of my class. Yeah. And then I'm like, I might just set one for my day. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. it's important. Oh, totally. Okay. I want to talk um, quickly before we end about Hov Yoga. So this yeah. is coming out at the, we're recording this a little pinch early, but this is coming out at the start of the year. You're yeah. our first ever episode of 2021. I feel super honored. But there is so much stuff. So for people that are brand new to hearing about Duncan, mm-hmm. check out Hov Yoga. Yep. It's an online platform. Mm-hmm. You are going to be offering, immer- well, you're already offering immersions, aren't yep. you? Yep. Teacher training. Yep. And what that, I, that's I it. Yeah, yeah. So Hub is an online platform. We also, have like a the we have Hub Studio, which yeah. does all online that's classes. That's what you do. Yeah. It's all the intensive vinyasa, flow classes, philosophy classes, um, and meditation. Mm-hmm. And then we also have Hub Academy, which is our teacher training. Um, and Hub stands for Heart of vinyasa. vinyasa. So yeah, we have of the forty hour immersion, which I do multiple of. It's all online. It's mm-hmm. launching January twenty fifth. <gasps> Awesome. So you can sign up if you want. It's for dedicated students who want to deepen their practice. I love everything you've created. And I have to say, Hov has brought me so much joy during lockdown as well because mm. I, I really did miss and I felt like I lost a little bit of myself when I couldn't practice anymore yeah, yeah. in the studio. And then when you just randomly wrote to me and you'll laugh for two weeks because I do a little list at the start of each week of what yeah. I need to achieve and I'm like, 
start doing Duncan yoga, start doing Duncan yoga. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you wrote to me and you popped up in my Instagram and you were like, do you want to do it? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> so anybody that hasn't, try, please, I'm telling you, try try this incredible online platform. Also, you can do it anywhere in the world at any time mm-hmm. in your lounge room. Mm-hmm. If you've got blocks, great. If you don't, doesn't matter. I yeah. didn't mind without blocks today. It didn't matter. Yeah. So it's super accessible and that's what I think your passion is to make yeah. yogs accessible to all. Yes, yeah? I'm a bit like big um, believer in making yoga more accessible and yeah. it's still a work in progress. But um, if any of you are listening to this and you've been financially impacted by COVID um, and you'd love to try Hub, but you can't afford it, just send me a message or a Lola message. We can get hooked up and we have a COVID support program for Hub. So for people who are financially impacted, they can do Hub for free um, on our COVID support program. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You're amazing. It has been a total honor Thanks, to have you Lola. on this yeah. podcast. I hope, I can't wait till we hang out again soon. It sounds like it might be soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Lola. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of Fearlessly Failing. As always, thank you to our guests. And let's continue the conversation on Instagram. I'm at Yummo Lola Berry. This potty, my word for podcast, is available on all streaming platforms. I'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and comment. And of course, spread the love.